Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. I'm Ian. I'm Brian. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. Oh, hey, my nose here. This week's episode brought to you by String Joy, makers of String and Joy. Sound better, play better. Uh, Brian, have we gotten you hooked on String Joy yet? I have played a set oh. that came on my equits once, and it was good. They were strings. <laughs> <laughs> and then they broke. And they broke, and I had other strings laying around, so I put those on. But I, you know, string joys on my on my radar. But those guys at Nam, they're nice. <laughs> they were they were uh, like, oh, tone jerks. We've heard of you. Uh, we don't listen, but I follow the podcast or the Instagram. I'm like, that's good enough for me. That's all you had to say. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want strings that marginally follows you on instagram following string joy yeah that also are strings <laughs> <laughs> no but for real if you ever want a custom set of any type they start with balance tension which if you are i i'm personally a balance tension guy i converted i don't know what three years ago or whatever we started working with string joy for the first time mm-hmm. they convinced me i love it i like the feel more um and they do the half size sets so like on my jazz master i got a 10 and a half instead of a 10 just to have a little more tension to deal with all the trim and all the extra string slack and yeah. it just it helps me transfer between like my strat and that it, yeah and then string joy like... we're doing the custom gauge sets like oh yeah and cust- before a lot of these other companies that are kind of following suit with the half sizes with the more sizes so they were kind of like the ones doing it first that you could easily get online so i think they that's were. pretty cool they were, and they that made was their my, own uh, strings. Foray into string joy myself. Actually, I've been sort of uh, playing around with baritone and doing a custom set for that has been has been great. Before that, I was just buying like seven string sets and not using the high string. Uh, but it just feels good to, you know, have more options. And... I mean, with crappy string sets, that's still not that bad of an idea because, like, my first like every new guitar always breaks high E strings. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least on crappy oh, guitars, yeah. or back when I sucked at guitar. Well, well, that's the GNL, so it's... I still suck at guitar. Just got too too much strength. (laughs) (laughs) I got my my strong hand. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, for custom sets, baritone conversions, half-size sets, balance tension, check out Stringjoy. And if you go to our website, theeffectsloop.com, you'll find a direct affiliate link so that when you go to their website, they let them know that you came from us, so uh check them out uh and the other great sponsor this week is our patreons uh you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash the effects loop uh i believe at five dollars a month is our standard uh sponsorship tier that lets you into the the special friends club you get our episodes early all that fun stuff and once a year there's there's a surprise gift that we never actually tell them what it is but it's pretty cool um which actually Shoot, I've been working on it for like three months and just totally forgot that I was working on it. So it's going to be really that. good. It's, it's, I know it's, what it is, still, and it's, it's good. It's still cooking. It's still <laughs> yeah. in the oven. He, he, Ian's played with the prototype of it, and he yeah, likes it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So uh, Definitely worth your $5 a month. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and with that, let's get into what's new. Ian, anything new in your world here? In my world? Yeah, actually, uh, just yesterday I upgraded, well made a couple of significant upgrades to my home AV setup. 
new record player and new Morantz receiver. Uh, been very happy with those. Kind of nerding out about it. Been uh, haven't gotten a lot of work done today because I've been listening to records. <laughs> so yeah, nice. that's what's, what's the, new with me. What's the receiver? Is that like a power amp or what is that? Do? Yeah, so it's, it's an amplifier for the speakers, but it also uh, sort of is like the brain behind all of the AV setup. So it does the HDMI control and all that kind of stuff can talk to the TV and Oh, know, cool. So I you kind of got PlayStation and you know, all the, all that everything kind of all set hall hooked up to that. And then, yeah, exactly. Nice. But the nice thing about the Marantz, um, I'm, I'm sure it's not the only one that does this, but, uh, it also has a, you know, fully analog, like you can set the, uh, the phono input to be fully analog so that when you're listening to records, even though it does have all those fancy digital features, you're just getting the analog signal. So, Oh dang, that's cool. Yeah. Well, like you you just got it, so you're kind of just like getting like. Yeah, I. You're uh, still enveloped I, in it. You're like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. When I, <laughs> I never heard song, I never heard the wanted. real song, bro. Now I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't say that it. You know, it's 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 that big, but it's hard. It's hard to put the words really, but there is a difference. But yeah, this was. It's been something that I have known that I've wanted for a while, and finally just pulled the trigger on and. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. It, it mainly the the main difference that it adds though is like I was using an old Sony before from like the early 2000s before HDMI. Well, not to say that HDMI wasn't around at the time, but the, the Sony didn't have it. So you know, controlling all like having multiple devices going into the TV and all that has been a lot bigger of a hassle with a lot more cords and all that. Yeah. And so the main you know impact that it makes on my life is just being able to automate all this kind of stuff. And it's uh. You know, it's very modern with Bluetooth and, uh, you know, uh, AirPlay for Apple. You can do, uh, you know, log into your Spotify account on the thing and play Spotify that way. There's all sorts of other features like that. Um, but it's also network controllable. So if you've got like a, like we use Home Assistant to, yeah. uh, you know, so you can send Home Assistant, you can control this thing. So you can set it up to have a movie mode and, you know, set the input to the DVD player or the wherever your, you know, device no, yeah, yeah, no, streaming that's, content that's, from and set the TV all correct and, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like stuff, marrying so. the old school idea with a lot of new features. So it's not going to, like, alienate people who are like, I'm used to my Bluetooth. I can't do it from my phone and listen to Spotify. What the fuck? And you're like, right. oh, no, well, you still and it's got Bluetooth. do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah. And, and yet you still get, you know, if you really want it, that pure analog, you know, mm-hmm. run a record into the thing, and you know, you're good to go. So, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. It's like the the like uh, the romanticizing of like the record is awesome. Yeah, They're like because you that gets lost nowadays mm-hmm. in 2021 because you can just like I want to hear that one song. Spotify, you get the two minutes out of it that you want. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go back to something else. I'm like, whereas like yeah. a record, you commit to that in a sense. When hey, if Spotify goes lossless, then you know, <laughs> I'll probably. You know, think twice, maybe three times before picking up a record on on vinyl. Uh, but, you know, there is just something to it. To me, um, yes, the sound quality is part of it. But there's also, like, I integrate music with just about every part of my day. I mean, I, I like, live and breathe it, you know. But um, there's a difference between just having it on in the background while you're doing work or whatever and intentionally sitting down to listen to something actively. Oh yeah. And yeah. uh having something on on vinyl it, it just makes that all the more visceral to like okay, you got to clean the thing, you got to 
you know, set it on carefully and make sure everything's all right. And, you know, it's just, there's something kind of magic about it, it's the kind act. of Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's not quite, you know, what live music is, but like, there, there is something about like honoring that you're sitting there and listening to it by doing mm-hmm. the vinyl mechanism that, I mean, I, I do, I do the same thing. Like it's, it's a, for me, it's a great way to end the day, like the work day or something like that. I throw a record on and I just sit and like an A side or a B side of a record. And I just, I'm there and that, that's where I'm at for a while. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it's just an experience. Cause like you know, albums used to be made that way where like the first four or five songs had to be related in this like continuous experience. And so when you like throw in like Joshua tree or one of those albums, you know, that a side of the record is a big deal altogether. And then there's an intentional intermission between the, you know, the side B. So it's, it's just this cool thing that you just don't get with CDs. You don't get with MP3s. And there's also, yeah. Like the, like you were sort of alluding to, like the form sort of definitely informs what's communicated and the way that it's communicated. And, uh, you know, that's, that's true for CDs and all that kind of stuff. But I, I learned something very uh, interesting from my teacher uh, in college. I took a recording arts class, two semesters worth. And the, the professor there is the, uh, the owner of a local recording studio. And just one thing that stuck with me is because is, we were talking about like the different recording formats and all of that um he mentioned that van halen's first record was intentionally made short because you know obviously the length of a record um like how long the song is it takes up like horizontal space on the disc Mm -hmm. um but so does the inform you know the information does as well and it's essentially they intentionally made a short record so that they could make wider grooves that would sound louder through people's stereos. They wanted to be loud and proud. Okay. With their first record, Van Halen, you know, and, uh, and yeah. And so in order to do that, you know, they needed more pronounced grooves, I guess, to create more volume. And that in and of itself took up more space on the disc. So they said, cool, we'll just do a short record. Yeah, that, that's better than what everyone does now, where they just give you a double vinyl for every album, and you have to flip it every two songs. <laughs> but I, I found that so cool, though, because it was the form was informing how, like, the whole process, the whole recording, you know, like what they released to their fans. I don't know if they had to cut a song or what. I, you know, I, I don't really know. And with especially with Eddie, you never know what's true and what's not. But, um, I mean, I can say I have Van Halen 1 and, uh, on vinyl, and I played it today, and it was definitely louder than some of the other vinyls that I've got, so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But, it's like, you know, just those little, 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 little factoid there. Yeah. So if you're, if you're Ian's employer, uh, you know, know what he's doing while he's working from home in this pandemic yeah, you just mode. keep my last name out of this. That'd be great. Yeah, Chase Bank, <laughs> just so you know. Uh... <laughs> just dox him. <laughs> you, you, you forward it to everybody that you can. <laughs> yeah, Ian, don't share this on your socials that you were on this episode, yeah. Uh... No, actually, I just got a ping from my boss. Um, Scott, you said somebody left your yep. work today? Yep, two uh, people. I'll send you my resume later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you hiring, dude? 
<laughs> I will be. I will uh, be. Uh, Brian, what's new in your world, man? Uh, let's see. I think um, I, I've been just like messing around with my camera. Like I'm. I've, Didn't you just get new lenses or something? I got new lenses, and I finally like am like putting that into practice with the lights that I have, and like I'm. I don't come from a photography videography background. I'm mainly a musician that, you know, I, I barely even know how to record, but I get, you know, just, all right, I'll figure it out as I go. And I kind of using that approach with like videos that I do and pictures. And I'm like, I, there's so many things to go into like a photo. I'm like, there's ISO, there's like the frame shutter speed. There's like the brightness, the, I mean, folk, I'm like, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of things that I'm learning. And then I get a bunch of stuff done and then I'm like editing on my computer. And I, then that's a whole nother, you know, another thing that I don't know how to edit photos. I'm just kind of like, let me just mess with stuff. And then <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm messaging, uh, Eric Merrow. He's a, you, you, on YouTube. He's a, got a podcast of his own. He's a cool guy. I just blow him up all the time asking him dumb questions. I'm like, what about this? And I send him kind of pictures. I'm like, Oh, this is one that I'm really proud of. I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. He's like, yeah, it's good. It's still really dark. So why don't you, you know, next time do the, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I'm like, it's showing my dad. I'm like, what do you think? Are you proud of me? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. But it's always the, but those three letters. No, it's really good. But you need to have, like, your exposure needs to be brighter. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> no, like, Just wait till I'm, you go buy the 3000 or $6,000 uh, computer monitors that you need to buy and like oh no yeah <laughs> calibrate your room and all this stuff and you're like i've got it perfect and then you just go and look at it on a phone and you're like oh it still sucks but i, I don't know That's i'm happy funny with it thing though about audio gear um i suppose music gears in a lot of way the same way but it's like or uh, did i say audio yep uh but camera gear is like you're literally paying to have the ability to have all of this control, but the more control you've got, the more you know chance to fuck it up you have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Whereas it, by the it, end of it, you're flying a spaceship rather than just you know mm -hmm. riding a bike. And it's it's so fun to do that. I uh, spoke on my own podcast maybe years ago about how it's like I will never care about video. I will never do photo like photography like such a waste of my time. I have other things to worry about, and now I'm in it. And I love it. So I'm very much, I will admit when I say something dumb and go back on my own word or whatever, like I'm, we're, we're all works of progress here, you know, we're all oh, yes. you know, just <laughs> different parts yes. of that loading screen okay, in different. our world. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll sometimes make just a bold statement. I'm like, I think gig bags are stupid. Hard shell cases make more sense. And now I'm like, dude, I, I don't want these hard shell cases. One gig yeah, how bag. How many times like, have I said that my pedal board is done? <laughs> exactly. You're like, this is done. He was not done. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Howard enters <laughs> the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tie I, all your cables down, and your motivation to change your pedal boards really goes down a lot. <laughs> and you're just like, well, I'm just going to live with it, whatever I got at this point. It doesn't have to be the, done. You're like, oh, I can easily change that one, though. So now you swap that one out constantly. <laughs> that would be my fuzz pedal. Yep. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I was kind of doing that this past weekend, and I, I'm liking the results. It's a lot of fun. It's like a big, like, it's all just, you know, for me. So it's not like I'm getting, you know, like anything out of it than just my own self satisfaction. I'm like, I post this on Instagram, or like I'll do something, just a YouTube video for the podcast or whatever. I'm like, this is cool. And then it's all learning as you go. And, um, one of the, I mean, the best things that anybody would say, or even Eric told me, it's like, done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. So just keep oh, yeah. doing, keep learning, and you're going to learn from that. So 
Yeah, I got two lenses that relatively are inexpensive in cam in the camera world. It was like uh, maybe five hundred dollars for two. I got a fifty and a sixteen. That's not bad. And to me, I'm like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> but if you go and look at other ones. I'm like, who would pay twenty five hundred dollars just for a lens? Or three grand for a camera body. They don't even include the lens. <laughs> it's just, it's wild. Just a whole different, you know, a whole new world. I, I keep telling myself I'm going to buy a DLSR. And every time I look at the price tags, even on used ones, I'm like, mm, not yet. Not yet. I just yeah. can't bring myself there. <laughs> it would be, it's it's a really fun thing to do. And um, I, I'd recommend it. It's like doing a podcast. It's like the barrier to entry can be really high if you get the really expensive gear and I think you have to have the best of the best. Like, I mainly do our show on like a Zoom H6. And so it's really easy to do that little portable battery-powered recorder. Yeah, just right. do that and just dump your waves into your DAW and your podcast done. Whereas people think like, I got to have all the SM7s, like four of them, and then I got to have, you know, the Rode podcaster pro thing and then i gotta have you know like a, a studio to do it and i'm like no like you can just do it wherever <laughs> you can do it at a bar if you want to do it for a podcast but you can get really crazy with everything and camera gear i'm slowly stepping into it so i would say i have a beginner setup but it to me i'm like it's so much better than a you know a phone oh yeah oh yeah uh, I got. I have a um a few friends in into photography, varying levels. Some I, a couple people I know are professionals, and then one guy is just a hobbyist. One thing that strikes me about it because I would love to get into photography. I know videography is different. I mean, a lot of the same principle, but you know, cameras that are good for photography aren't always good for video, and that's my limited understanding. But one thing that is sort of a little bit scary to me is that um. You know, unlike uh, unlike guitar, where like pretty much any pedal, like maybe you're gonna have to have a weird power supply, I suppose, but like you're gonna be able to plug a guitar cable into it and get mm -hmm. signal out the other end and send it to an amp. Like that's just how pedals work. You can put it on next to any other pedal. Um, Unless yes, it's a order matters, face, and then but you yeah, it order matters. But you know, at the at the end of the day, you you run your guitar through it, and it's gonna work for you. Camera gear, like there's micro four, there's different size sensors, there's different like lens, like one lens might not work with another camera because it just the mount is different and like exactly. all that kind of stuff. And it makes <laughs> it kind of scary to get into because, oh man, what if you, you know, what if you do like make a boneheaded mistake and buy this one camera that there's no lenses for or, <laughs> you know, some oh, or... dude selling like a, a lens, you know, a bunch of lenses on Facebook Marketplace for a good price, but it doesn't fit your camera. So you're screwed. Like, yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's exactly, it's like a lot of research going into it just to even make the, the, the moves that I don't even know if they're going to improve the quality of things, but Hey, it's another hobby that I'm like, I didn't need, <laughs> but I'm enjoying. Good. That's great. <laughs> I should, I should focus on the hobbies and stuff that I do and get better at it. But no, I'm like everybody, like a lot of guitarists. I'm like, no, I need more stuff. I need yeah. other things to do. Cause I'm like, yeah, why, why master one thing when you can just, eh, it's gonna be a, you know, yeah, you know, master of none, you know, jack of all trades kind of deal. But that's yeah. me. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good, having a good week, and a lot of things are going, you know, grooving. Scott, what about you? What's new? What's shaking? What's uh, yeah, I just got actually. This just came in the mail. I haven't plugged it in yet. But Sonic Cake sent me the bi reactor amp plug. I'm going to see how this thing turns out. So I know everyone's reviewing the, uh, was it the the Fender Mustang little amp plug 
dongle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a, uh, I think, a dual rectifier and a cheap little plastic thing that I plug my headphones into. I'm kind of curious how this thing turns out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's been, totally I've, your sound. So yeah, I'm <laughs> such a dual rec guy. Yeah, you just start chugging look, away. Look, on when, your... <laughs> when 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 Boris from Sonic Cake sends me an email, I just say yes, just send it. I don't. I want to check it out. So that's what he did. So you got the, you got the Mesa amp plug thing. Put that in your PRS. Yep. And then you just start chugging away. I got to learn yeah. some Limp Bizkit riffs here, man. Yeah, you just need Relive some. The uh, era. <laughs> you, you need to borrow Brian's strat. Yeah, you need to get that going. Or oh, I can no, play some the, blink the, with that. Yeah, don't mm. no, keep the keep the PRS going. You can go like new metal kind of stuff. So get like a tap out shirt or something, and then <laughs> get like get a get a barbed wire tattoo on your uh, on your arm, <laughs> and you start just chugging away. I, I'm going to need to spend mm-hmm. a few months in some HGH. You know, months yeah, of the gym with some HGH. HGH. You just then... <laughs> you just get hella jacked. <laughs> Okay, now I'm ready to try this out. All just, right. <laughs> Shave my beard down into a chin strap, you know? Oh, only, yeah. Or just, just mm. the chin type of deal. <laughs> That's more like Chris Kirkpatrick. That's yeah, not, not quite. <laughs> and it's only just to try out the plastic amp plug thing. <laughs> like, that's a hell of a commitment. Barriers to entry. Yeah, this is this this little amp plug is a whole lifestyle change. You know, you I can just buy one the, of these for forty bucks, guys. Like, it's I had to get in the right state of mind to review this bad boy. <laughs> just know that I, you know, I, I have passion. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the old yeah. passion. When I review it. a product, I really commit to <laughs> making yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh <laughs> no, that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I have not tried anything from that company. There's the IR loader little mini pedal I was looking at. I'm like, oh, that'd be really Wait, cool. Wait, Sonic King has for... one of those? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't think they're in stock. One. Yeah, they have. I think it has a, a XLR out on it. It's oh, a mini nice. pedal, and I'm like, oh, that'd be nice to have like as like a, I don't know, like a backup for something. You know if what? You're like, you know what those little IR loaders are actually great for is acoustic guitars. Mm-hmm. You get the the acoustic guitar IRs and like your crappy piezo suddenly sounds like it has some body to it. Yeah. But I found trick. out with my Taylor, I have to go stereo out because of the expression system in it. That yeah. I'm like, I, I was always playing gigs like in a regular mono cable. Yeah. And I was like, it sounds like it's one not loud enough, and the sound, you know, uh, you, have, you, was, you have the original ES system, right? Yes, I have. Where it's, it's a, a dual double A's. I believe so. Oh, shoot. I think it's the double A's. Yeah. It's uh, 06, uh, yep. 410. Yep. Um, yeah. It's uh, really cool sounding acoustic guitar. And then when you plug it in, it sounds great when you have XLR, you know, or like a uh, TRS to XLR. Yep. And then you can get that through front of house. Whereas if you just give it a TS cable, it sounds very bad. Yeah, the only problem is no <laughs> pedals. You can't use any pedals at that point, so no pedal tuner, yeah. no, no nothing. No, you can't. Uh, you can with a Taylor pedal <laughs> that yep. you can plug ah. XLR into. It has a you know tuner out, and then it goes XLR out. I'm like, man, it was like I got it, it was like used fourteen dollars, but I'm like, okay, so now if I play a gig acoustically, I can. I have to bring that, but I can't use any pedals, like as far as like you know, compression or reverb or anything like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that's whatever. And now I still you're depending like on your sound guy to actually make you sound good. Mm-hmm. I still like my Taylor as an acoustic guitar, but as an electric, I'm like acoustic electric. I'm like, man, this thing kind of sucks. <laughs> I uh, so I have a Taylor 414 from that same era, and uh, I ripped the guts out on it. 
and oh. put a uh, LR Bags Anthem in it. Oh. And I like that a lot more. How much of a pain was that to do? Oh, that might be worth doing on uh, No drilling whatsoever. I actually left the ES system in place. I just unplugged the end pin jack. Um, and then I had to put a piezo in the guitar. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I had, it, it, I, I had to cut a new saddle. Okay. Even with that, I might just take it to a shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, as much as I, 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 that question left my mouth. I'm like, that's something I could do. I can't do anything. Yeah. So, so the, the, the really annoying part for some people is the, the end pin jack on a tailor is kind of like that proprietary thing. But I found this guy who just makes a wood piece that fits right in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just put a normal end, like the 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 LR bags end pin yeah. in it. So it was it's a pretty clean switch over, and I can literally go back to the Taylor system at any point I want. All mm-hmm. the sensors are still in the guitar. It's nice. Fine. So yeah, it was like one thing that I'm like that was a a purchase way back in the day. I bought it new in 2006 and I've had no real regrets on the guitar cuz to me I'm like you buy one acoustic guitar and just make sure it's a good one mm-hmm. and then how many acoustics do you want? For at least me what I play. Um I've one good acoustic, it's not the best. It's still like it's a 410, so it's up there, but it's not like a you know, 814 or whatever. So like yeah. they're like three thousand dollar with a really nice wood i'm like does it sound any better no yeah <laughs> but it's got an abalone uh, give me money please. Inlays, yeah. yeah exactly Ooh. and to me i'm like i don't mind the taylor bolt-on thing and to me i'm like i taylor was always a prestigious thing here in san diego because they're uh, out of alcohol um which is pretty like it's maybe like a 20 minute drive away from where i am it's like a local company that they're doing things so to me i'm like yeah i want a taylor <laughs> That's so nice. I I got it years ago, and then I finally learned about that uh, old like TRS system. I'm like, no wonder my guitar sucks when I play it at a gig. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, I mean it was a common mistake mm-hmm. that most people didn't know. And then a lot of people were like, oh, I need to upgrade to the new system. So okay, I can I can use a regular cable and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, should we dive into some news here? Because I think I made way too long of a list, and it's going to be a really long episode. Yeah, we we don't have to get through all of it. Yeah, you got a got a long list over there. Uh, start it off. <laughs> so to start it off. Walrus Audio uh, has come out with the Polychrome Analog Flanger. Uh, this feat, this builds on the back of the format from the Lillian and the Julia, offering the the dry flange vibrato kind of a blender that you you have a, the same way like the Julia works or actually yeah actually yeah the um. The Lillian had that too back when I had a Lillian. Yeah, the dry and kind of yeah. to chorus then to vibrato. So it's yeah. like really like dry or intense. Yeah. Um, also coming in at 199 similar to everything else in their product line, top-mounted jacks. Uh, what else does it say? It's, it's got a very different art than I'm used to from Walrus, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, um, I think with some of their stuff, I think I was used to like either a one color or maybe two mm-hmm. color like design. They would either they would definitely utilize, which they did still utilize the negative space oh, yeah. as part of their like line work, and they did that. But it's like it's like six, five, six colors, something like that. It's it's like a was it like a li- monitor lizard or something or iguana? I thought it was a chameleon. Oh, yeah, that could be. 
was the name of them. Uh, yeah, but it's a uh, it's pretty cool. Like I'm just like staring at it. I'm like some type of lizard <laughs> compared to the, like their other ones, which were like I mean I that's kind of like uh, the um, Julia and Lillian. You thought it would be another like um, kind of like Dick Tracy looking character art. Like a, of uh, you know, well the Lillian had that, but like the Julia was always like a swamp monster. Oh no, I think I'm I. Uh, yep, no, I take it that back because I'm thinking of mine, which is like the one of their special editions. Yeah, the same I, one. I, I, in I my, think in you my and I have the same one. Yeah, one of like uh, kind of like the misfits looking, or zombie type of like. Uh... Oh, yeah, no, I know you're I, right. I have the black and blue one with like, it's like the woman, and then there's like a ship. Okay, yeah, so I guess we got different ones. Yep. They really come, I mean, I'm sure they're going to come up with a cool artwork for this one, too. It's like, they always just, like, anyway, it's a really cool pedal that I didn't need, I don't need, and I was like, man, that would be sick to have. Yep, you're right, it's a chameleon. Uh, so, the fun part, Flanger. Yeah. It's it's kind of the redhead stepchild of the effects, of modulation effects, at least. Yeah. Like, Chase Bliss gave up on it. <laughs> famously <laughs> um you know it that i mean walrus does the whole thing where it's like all right we can get you something really easy to dial in that sounds great but it also can kind of get out there yeah that's kind of their mm -hmm. vibe and then you know then a few other brands will pick up the torch and go we'll we'll go further out there but like walrus does like the the straight ahead effect really well um I'm just kind of curious, is there a place in the world for this, or is this just kind of adding to the noise? I don't know. It's kind of like they're going on the vibe of, like, it's cool, so I want it. Like, I don't need one. I When do you use Flanger? I don't, but I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of people like that. I could use a Flanger if I had one. I don't know. Ian, what are you, you know, thinking? I'm thinking, like, for something like this that's been done and done and done and done and done, you know, add something new, like better MIDI or I, I don't know, you know, like do something different. I'm sure people will buy it because it, at the end of the day, you know, if somebody who is new to guitar goes into a music store and plugs it in and it sounds great, they're going to buy it. You know, that's sort of just how this works. Like you're going to get new guys, but like, will it convert old, old guys? Probably not. Yeah. And then I don't know. It's also too with like... <sighs> It's it's a one ninety nine, so it's still a lot of money. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if anybody knew, but like I want to try a flanger. Oh, I'll spend two hundred dollars. Well, you know, it's like if JHS did it. You know, it'd come in at the same price point and all that kind of stuff. They, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I'm sure by now Josh has fanboys just from his YouTube channel. That might bring him some sales, but like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, two hundred is a little expensive. I was gonna say, yeah. I think the JHS flanger is actually oh, uh, is even more expensive. He has a flanger. Really. Yeah, he has the. <laughs> yeah, he's had a flanger. I know he's got a vibrator. Did he release oh, one as part of that cheap series that he did or no? I. Uh, am I just talking on my butt here? I could have sworn they made a flanger at some point. Because they have the vibe or the univibe thing, which is the penguin. Uh, he's got the uni or univibe uni. Well, see, and that makes sense. That makes sense for it to you know to introduce at a at a higher price point because it's got some features. Like, doesn't it have the tap in it? Yeah. like his because he's got the, the analog yeah, delay the in the same the tap tempo on it yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that makes sense because you're adding like this is still a fully analog pedal but you're adding something that is useful i mean again it'd be nice with midi but still 
<clears throat> you know, that's something that is usable um, that can make an, you know, improvement. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a cool. I don't know. I think I I do like a lot of what Walrus does. So I just look at him like, oh, that's really cool. I mean, flanger can really sound good at cheap price points because I'm like, I don't know how distinguished of a flanger people fans are, but like, you just get the MXR one with the with the little yeah. two knob deal. Sounds fine. Sounds great. <laughs> and and it's then, classic and cheap. And you're like, that's a flange sound I've heard before. And then you know, or a boss one. You're like, yep. But I'm like. I don't know. Maybe for the people that like, oh, I, I like the flange sound, but I don't want to have an MXR pedal on my board. Yeah. Because if you're, you're taking those dope Instagram shots, and then you got an MXR, <laughs> and you're like, oh, bro, I need something, yeah. something you know, wacky. I need something with a. It's just, you know, just like a, an extra level dig at Kyle right now because he loves MXR so much. <laughs> well, he also likes Walrus too, so he's very torn. <laughs> is there like That's, that meme? This it's is, like a meme. This is going to be the praise and worship flanger. Yeah, it'll it'll it's like the oh. meme where SpongeBob his eyes are torn, but like I don't know which way to look. Kyle's like, oh, I like my MXR, but I also like Walrus. He's <laughs> sweating as he's looking at his checkbook. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. It's for people. And if I had like a need for a flanger, and if I had money, I might, I might be down for it. But. Yeah. Everybody, you know, there's probably some people that are like, oh, thank God for a flanger. Like Finally. But no, if I mean, you're really into it, I'm sure it'll offer some stuff. Like, you know, I, I, if I were really into flanger, maybe my comments here would be a little bit more constructive. But I think the takeaway is that those people are few and far between. Yeah. So I, I for use, most yeah. of us. I, I use a chorus in that, like, in-between zone of what chorus and flanger sound like. So anytime I buy a flanger pedal, I wind up making it sound like a chorus. Anytime I buy a chorus, I try to make it sound like a flanger. Like there's, <laughs> I, a, there's that middle yeah. <laughs> ground right there between the two of them. That's what that's the sound I like, and that's where I wind up. So, I'm I'm not tasteful with using my flanger. I can be tasteful with using like subtle chorus and subtle phaser, but with flanger, I love to just like I want it to be. And so when I hit that on, I'm like, I want that sound, baby. But I'm sure with this, you can have more subtle and have more control over it. Like I oh, said, yeah. MXR way to go. It's just like, turn it up or we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll see it appear on some recording somewhere, you know, and uh, all of our minds will be blown and we'll be saying the opposite. Uh. Well, <laughs> speaking of minds being blown, uh, the other new thing that came out in the pedal world this week was Old Blood Noise Endeavors launched the Expression Ramper, um, which <laughs> I immediately wanted to buy like three. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> All you. right. So I read this briefly. Essentially what it seems to me is that it's going to work like something like a, like a Maris pedal where you can use an expression pedal and it'll automatically do that built in. Yeah. Where it ramps between the set, it you can use this to do that on pedals that don't have that built in. Yeah. yeah. So so cool. Chase Bliss famously has ramping built in for literally every knob on the pedal. Like that's the whole point of all those dip switches on the top of a Chase Bliss pedal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and any of the the more uh, MIDI controllable pedals will have that built in, but a lot of them don't. Um, and a lot of let's call it the dumb pedal. You know the. It, it it has an expression pedal in on it still so um you can just plug this guy right in there and it's like 60 bucks or something like that i forgot what the actual final price on these are mm -hmm. um 
super affordable. Uh, lets you come in and just set a ramping function that I, frankly, having it standalone, something you can just click on and off, makes it really, really accessible. Whereas, frankly, even on Chase Bliss stuff, you got to learn the dip switches. You got to like hold a button and twist it and do all this kind of like secondary function stuff to get it to get the ramping stuff working. I think this will be a lot more straightforward and you'll see more people really get into this. Um, yeah, because I saw this and I didn't even know like kind of what it would be used or what I would use it for, but I like it because it's mini. I like mini pedals. <laughs> I saw it. And I'm like, I don't know what it does and I don't know if I would ever use it, but damn, I want one. Well, yeah, it, so it's mini, the, all the controls are on the face of it. I think it's going to be super just, Old Blood's been doing a really good job lately. Like their last like three or four releases have all just been, hey, here are just utility pedals for what we already do. That will yeah. just make it way easier on you. Mm -hmm. And so like this one, just, you know, being able to choose different rates and extremes for an expression adjuster and... By, be, by being mini and small like this, you can just hop it around, move it all over your board, try it out and in it, different spots. It won't take up like uh, the, the precious real estate there on the board. <laughs> and it, it could really save a lot of people the headache of what they've been wanting. Those, uh, I mean, you know, uh, utility pedals and tool pedals mm -hmm. like really can mean a lot to somebody. And like this could fit somebody who's not me. Like, uh, for example, I use a lot of kind of uh, some utility pedals that are, I guess, more devices. Um, I think he's been on your show. It's the DS Guitar Engineering. Oh yeah, um, uh, Daniel Shields. Like, I have two of his Chronograph. Like, it's just a clock or a timer. I, uh, I love those. those. I love them. I don't know if he's making them anymore, but nope. I have two, and I love it. And yeah, they're, they're kind of hard to find now. I'm glad I have two Yeah, because <laughs> I have one for my baseboard or for my guitar board. And people say like, what does that do? I'm like, I just know the time. Cause like sometimes That's when it. you're playing a gig, you have, you know, a 25 minute set or 30 minute set and you have to start and you want to make sure you end or else you're mm -hmm. that guy on yep. stage that just like, we're playing our solo. We're taking up everybody's time. It's like, no, boom, done. Like we've done it before we've played like maybe higher, like, um, and shows where things have to be like on time on a dot and then we started a song and then uh one the stage hand was so pissed he's like you're starting a song you're done in two minutes i'm like i know how long the song is and we ended right on time <laughs> and he was so like all right i'm not mad anymore i'm like i got it and i'm like i got a clock on my board he's like wow i don't care anyways <laughs> and i'm like it's a really cool thing it has a stop function too and it's like get off the stage i'm like all right that's I, you know this uh these utility pedals though i think are such like they can be such game changers like mm -hmm. i uh scott can attest to this i put a lot of work in my board over the last year um but one one of the big things that sort of drove that was a mindset shift between like this is how i'm changing my sound and this is how it, it's become more than that right this is sort of like a workstation now it's it's almost like logic or something like that like it's so um the most control that i can get over what's underneath me like or the more the better you know and so something like this where um it'll allow you to get more functionality out of the pedals that you already have and love mm -hmm. i'm like always going to get behind something like this yeah this mm -hmm. is incredible i i know that you know for example i've got a morningstar midi controller that can do some similar stuff but it can't even do this 
Uh, um, it can. You just need to use your Omniport and spend like hours programming it. Well, yeah, and it can do that. It can do that rate. The yeah. what is it called? But it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have automatic like ramping in in any other way. You know, like yeah. what, it, I got the impression that this there was a setting so that you can just have it ramp between one and the other and not oscillate in any way. Oh, as well, and um. It seemed to me that that was one of the settings. I could be wrong. I uh, I just maybe I'm wrong. It, look, it's sixty bucks. It's it's but yeah. like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll try it. Kind of range yeah. too. It's super mm-hmm. affordable. But so. you know, something like this, like you can, uh, like a practical example in praise and worship, which we come from. Uh, you know, if you're changing between reverbs and uh, you know, like a between uh, like a high mix and a low mix or something, and you've got a MIDI controller like I do. Uh, the change can be kind of stark sometimes. And so having something like this to ramp through the settings makes it a lot less noticeable when you're doing that switch. Um, you know, just simple things like that. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Use. I love this. I, you know. You're like, I'm sold. <laughs> bye, yeah. bye, bye, bye. Yeah, it, it only <laughs> yeah, had any room left on his board for something like this. I'm trying to do the math right now. You're like numbers and everything. The chalkboard is going through your head. You're like, oh, no, I can probably have it. Oh yeah. Well, one, one thing I've already noticed side hangers. is the jack locations. Right? You got um, one on the top. Presumably, one's power and one's TRS. Yep. I'm guessing. Um, but because it's just a, a control, like you're not sending audio through it. There's only a jack on one side. So that right there, that's less space that it takes up. So yeah, it can be yeah, pretty much anywhere. Yep. All right, so with that, let's let's also talk about Anderton's and Chicago Music Exchange had a joint release with Squire this week um, for some new exclusive lines of Classic Vibe uh, models. Uh, quick run through: you got a '60s Thin Line Telecaster in metallic black and in butterscotch blonde, a '60s Classic Vibe Strat in a new purple metallic. Uh, classic vibe yes. Jaguar in purple metallic, uh, and the Jaguar also comes in a shell pink and a base six in shell pink. All right, the purple's got Peter all over it. <laughs> that that Pete Honoro. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, Danish Pete vibe. Yeah, because they did the they did a special run with Andertons a while back where I think it was a Telly. Was it the road worn Telly? Right. Yeah. His uh that. that Pete um, Danish. Pete. Oh, I, I, yeah. I never, never know how to say his last name. Honore is what Honore, I thought it was. Honoro, I don't know. Danish yeah, Pete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I. He's, by the I way, did, he's I, way shorter in real life than you think. I mean, everybody. Okay, you can say that about everybody, bro. Scott. <laughs> You're way taller than in real life. <laughs> I was funny, like next to you, uh, Kyle and Johnny, like Scott was there. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> you make them look tiny. <laughs> I'm like, you know, average size. I'm like five to eleven, five ten, uh, d- and I'm like, oh wow, I look like a child. <laughs> That's why I was saying, if you get, you know, HGH, like you're gonna be a real problem. Like once you start like getting the 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 barbed wire and tribal tats, dude, you're gonna be people are gonna be looking looking out for you, <laughs> walking through the door sideways. 
<laughs> I, I need to do the thing where I have no neck and like you just walk in your shoulders. Oh, it's just all traps, yeah. baby. <laughs> just like, like you got a side of beef on each shoulder. That's what you need. <laughs> what are we talking about? Guitars. That's yeah. What we're talking yeah. About. Oh, yeah. So I think they'll do well. Uh, Shell Pink Basics is seems to be what people are really honing in on. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I'm so like, I hate to be the snobby guy, but I'm just not the market for Squire anymore. I don't think because well, I'm not in this like, hey, I need to get more guitars. I already have too many guitars. Now I'm in. I was, the state about, of, yeah, like, I, was, I was about to say that. I feel like I'm in that mindset too, where I want to like, I want less stuff, but I just want to use the stuff that I have. But yeah, so if I'm buying something, I mean, it's got to be good now. So yeah. like, that's kind of my weird spot I'm at. But it's got to blow your socks off. Yeah, and. I mean, I'm sorry, classical vibe stuff doesn't do that for me. But for some people who are like, hey, I have a good strat and I'm just really jazz master curious or I'm basics curious or, you know, one of those kind of things, I totally get why these exist and why they're super popular. And they're, you know, sharp looking guitars as well. It's not yeah. like you're like, oh, I just bought a you know, piece of crap. It's like, it's good. It's a good looking guitar. Like you would play, be stoked playing that as opposed to like, remember like Squire back in the day? I'm what 32 33 years old like my strat that i have that i love i've upgraded everything on it mm-hmm. it was not a good guitar when i bought it <laughs> mm. you can get these squires now which may be a little bit more than the affinity thing but they're super attainable and people can have really nice guitars that are good looking as well and you're like dang why didn't they have that back in the day when we were you know coming up that's where i'm coming from is uh you know I, I think they will do well, actually, but I, I oh, don't yeah, know the, that, like, that these we're are the, the market. These selling guitars from Fender, probably. The, probably sell yeah, the real nice thing to model. see now is is them putting attention into this kind of line, which is what it needs. If they want it to sell well, I mean, you know, there's already a stigma to Squire. hate to say it, but it exists, right? And so people like us who have been in the game, we already know it's not going to touch my PRS, you know? It's not going to touch your Equits. Mm-hmm. But it could definitely be a guitar that uh, a, a newer player um, or really anyone just wanting to grab a guitar that is not going to be their main guitar for cheaper can still mm-hmm. be proud of, right? Yeah. I mean, the Squire that I have is the bottom of the barrel Squire. And yeah. even if it didn't say Squire on the headstock, you'd know that it was one, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to pull that out of the show. I feel weird holding on to it. Like, it's not, it doesn't vibe with me. You or know, having a, a guitar in this line with the color choices that they do like that that make a statement you know yeah it could also be for the person that is like expanding their collection like scott yeah, said it's like who's curious about a telly or about a basics it's like it's attainable it's not going to just like be um when these ones like the, the tellies in this line entry. have the f-hole too so mm-hmm. you know i mean so even like got somebody the details yeah well, let's, let's not forget that impulsive people need like looks matter even more than features yes and yeah. so going oh i love that purple i have to have it like there's just yep. that impulsiveness that is impulsivity impulsive yeah yeah impulsiveness i speak words well um <laughs> i I, I think company. i think it's it's rad and it might not be like i like these they're cool i'm not gonna buy any of them but also like scott said i don't think any of us are in the market for buying new guitars maybe at that type of price point but if you were basics curious, that'd be the easiest one to go to. Like, I want to try something like that. I Which mean, I'm like, I've impulse bought 
Epiphones before. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, was... I'm not, I'm not above buying stuff in that price grade, especially like if, say, I'm walking through Chicago Music Exchange. Shoot, I'm wearing a shirt from them right now. Um, shout out, shout out, yeah. what up? Send us money. <laughs> um, <laughs> if yeah, if I'm just like walking through Chicago Music Exchange, I'd probably pick one of these up if it was cool, and then go, mm-hmm. Ooh, I like this, and then there's like the that weird mindset where you're like, oh, do I have to have it? And then the other weird part is just like, it's shop exclusive. So now I know, like, they'll be able to be like, yeah, you can only buy that here. I'll go, shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had that with um, earlier in the year. Uh, I think it's Zounds did a exclusive on the Epiphone 335 where they had like an olive drab that was just like oh, gorgeous. Nice. And I was like, oh, I kind of want it. I kind of want it. And then like resisting because I'm like, I don't need this guitar it fills no void. I have no voids in my guitar lineup where that I need this, but like, yeah, it was green it, and it was cool. <laughs> it's yeah, definitely of like, oh, it would be really cool to have that. I'm like, would you use it? That's where I'm thinking. I'm like, would you yeah. use it? Like, I, I have amps that I, I, I'm not even using because I just use a fractal or a line, the, the stomp or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, but I would like another head, like an <laughs> OR50 because I don't have it. That's where I'm thinking of like, I'm an orange guy. So I think of like, I need more orange amps, but are you going to use it? No, probably not. <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing with this guitar. I'm like, it'd be sick to have a bass six. Cause I'm like, could you imagine if I had one, I wouldn't be able to do that with my basses or my guitars. Would you use it? No. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doesn't always have to make sense though. Right. Sometimes yeah. you just pick one of these up and it'll call to you and you can get some real winners with some of the higher level Squire stuff. Yeah, and uh, then uh, yeah, I I say that, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think that way with the Epiphone stuff that you had mentioned of like the Epiphone three three fives. I'm like, I want a hollow body guitar. Yeah. Do I need one? No, because I play like you know punk rock or whatever. I'm like, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> My Equus guitar is covered in stickers. <laughs> I'm sure Kevin loves that. <laughs> it's a handmade guitar by a person. And something, there's something poetic about that, though. Yeah, it's like, oh my, it's got like, um, I did a video kind of review of it or whatever. And then before that, I kind of like leaned it on something and it went ding right in that the, on the Equits logo head of the headstock. I'm like, damn. Well, <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's funny when people seriously look at a it, part yeah. of me that like, I don't like buying new guitars for that exact reason. Cause like that first dent just hurts when you yeah. do you it. Know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite actually. And it's really weird. I expected to, to, you know, well, here's the thing. So, uh, I got my Fender 2017 mm-hmm. American pro, um, the same year that it came out. Very happy with it. Um, you know, but that was the most that I'd ever spent on a guitar at the time. And I, in 2019, I pulled the trigger on a Pura Silver Sky because, of of course, I'm a John Mayer fan, and how could I not? But I sort of had the whole, like, not full-on buyer's remorse, but I had one foot out the door on it the whole time. It was like, well, I can always return it if, you know, whatever. Because it was expensive, right? And uh, one time, I just set it down, and I had my wireless pack on the strap. I set it down routinely and the strap just sort of got momentum whipped around and the wireless pack put a big old ding in the front of it yeah and it was sort of like well now i can't have 
one foot out the door. This one's mine. I can't return it. Hmm. And it it caused me to actually commit to it. Yeah. Commit to the instrument, and I'm better for it. So it, it was weird. It was like, ah, oh, man. That's stupid that there's a big old ding on the front, but now it's mine. I have to commit to it. And it was kind of a relief to me. I don't know if that sounds weird. No, no, no. It makes sense. I guess I'm like totally like... Uh, I love my guitars a lot and I'm so ha happy with them. And I've, a lot of them I've like, you know, modded to be my own thing. And I don't mind if they get messed up. Like I'll like, uh, just anybody can play it. I'm like, yeah, you can go and like the, the equits. I'm like, oh man, it would be, you know, sick if like, you know, they do another Nam out here. And then I'm like, oh, if Kevin gets a booth, I'm like, I'll bring mine. You can have that and show up in case you're, you know your brand you'd be like no nah, you can leave yours at home <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's you know i have uh duct tape strap locks on it i have stickers on it there's like i don't clean it so there's like just already grimy on the maple fretboard and i'm like you, dude you're like the weirdest guitar. person to own a custom guitar i love it because he made it for me it's perfect for <laughs> Dude, Me. I am all I am all for that. You know, it's kind of like I've made the decision. It's like, well, I I like watches. I don't have the budget to be a watch guy, but I do hope to own a Rolex one day. And damn it, mm -hmm. I'm gonna wear it every day. Yeah, and you're gonna put. I'm not gonna put it on a shelf. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like it's gonna be yours. If if you got a custom guitar for you, then do whatever the hell you want to it. That yeah. was the mentality for getting the guitar in the first place. Is this is my guitar. This yeah. is not off the shelf. This is exactly what I want it to be. You know, yeah. do whatever you want to it. Yeah. Currently, I'm gigging more as a bassist, and um, so I'm like in the mindset of like I was talk talking to Kevin. Nothing's gonna happen until I give him, you know, put up or shut up until I give him money. But I want to get a custom <laughs> Equits bass because I'm like I'm gonna play that on stage oh, yeah. and I'm gonna fuck that thing up. He's like, all right, well, you know, pay me for it, and then we'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he's then like, you can right. wait four years for your, your build queue to come up but yeah and then, and then he's like you're not putting anything like an evertune or something stupid in there are you i'm like no just a string through he's like oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> he's like all right well let me know when you have money for a down payment we'll talk about it and i'm like all right so i gotta sell some stuff because i'm like i same thing with my bases they're all jacked up and i'm like and i i love them and i'm like man i would like to have you know that same feeling that i have for a custom instrument for my bass that way i have like the one two punch of like a custom guitar custom bass boom, boom. Done. there you go all right yeah. let's uh let's look at something new here gtrs or guitars a line of electric guitars with built-in effects powered by more is announced with a crowdfunding campaign it's a fat strat with a glowing knob dang and featuring where was it american basswood body a satin finished roasted canadian maple neck rosewood fin fingerboard ssh pickups with el nico controlled by a five-way switch that's the only details they're really saying other than there's a super knob which is a light-up control <laughs> allows for push-pull and rotary action to adjust effects on from a more uh, effects unit without opening an app but there is an app <laughs> Yeah, and I just have to ask, who wants this? Well, Acoustasonic. I don't know. That's it's. I like that the 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 headstock is kind of like, sir, we're looking at you too. Yeah, like we're ripping that off. 
uh but or sewer or whatever you, I mean, you say that that brand this is gonna oh. be like actually when when does uh the indiegogo hasn't gone live yet has it I, I feel weird even promoting some of these things because like you know these crowdfunding things just disappeared uh no it hasn't actually really launched yet they're just kind of uh -huh. like half featuring it uh you can't so there's no there's no price tag on these but like just saying it's american wood and i'm assuming they're going to try to like build it in america this is going to be like a two thousand dollar guitar with a more effects unit in it yeah i mean what uh, what onboard effects would you want on a guitar like if you had to choose it what would you like this is, i'm so glad this is on my guitar <laughs> i'd like a boost that's the only thing that i can think of i think that's that's a common thing that some or like a, isn't that the eric, eric clapton thing yeah there's a boost on there yeah yeah a bunch of guys do that i mean the, well, the lp1 the, the linear power booster was literally like a strap plug so that it could like plug right into your guitar mm-hmm so same with the the orange squeeze compressor if you remember that guy, okay yeah, back yeah, one. yeah yeah um or whatever the original actual name for it was uh i think it was that yeah that was what the pulp and peel was based off of right yeah orange squeeze yeah that sounds right <laughs> and then i, I mean as, 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 a, as a... want to have a rechargeable battery in my guitar yeah so well here's a here's one potential pro is you're not gonna have to worry about a buffer right i mean chances are you're going to be sending a buffered signal so have yeah. a mile long guitar cable you'll be fine yeah but uh other than I that mean, i don't know i don't know i mean charging a guitar a lot of the fishman guys they do that with their pickups yep. those fluids um, oh, people love, love you, the shit out of those you'll have bluetooth and wireless controls of the guitar it has oh mm -hmm. uh, wait I don't get why people me. want. Yeah, I mean, there's um, you know the again. I mean, we're just talking about the whole episode. Uh, Equits does their collaboration with uh, Pelican Noise Works to have like uh, the half horse fuzz in their fuzz Rayburns. That's a cool thing if you like having fuzz and you kind of kick that on as you know onboard guitar effect. That's the only yeah. other one that I could think of. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm wondering. So we're talking Bluetooth control and all that kind of stuff. I <clears throat> is this essentially like having like sort of like a TC electronic kind of thing where there's a lot more under the hood than you necessarily have immediate access to. Oh yeah. You got to use an oh, app yeah. to control the, all the effects and stuff. I mean, then at least there's, you can, I could see maybe somebody getting some decent use out of it, but yeah. Wait, the last thing I want to see on stage is somebody bust out their cell phone and you know, like just like oh let me change my effect for the next song <laughs> it's like even just people pulling out their phones to check the time. Like I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm you know, he, I Miss mean, me. you know what really sunk the Line 6 Fairy Axe? The lack of, of an iPhone app. That was really what kept that from being <laughs> a success, right? I want my phone. I want to bust out my phone and you know ch check the check the the Instagram, check the Tinder, and then change my effects. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and yeah, it, definitely a showstopper to be doing that kind of thing. But at least it means that they can pack it full of a lot more functionality than. Yeah, it could be some of, something of like, oh, you know, let's see if we can do it. Well, you could, but you know, should you? Yeah, I know it's, well, it's, it's weird. Begs because the question: like, is like, how far, uh, how hard should a company commit to something like this? Already, they got to know that this is 
this is so far from a purist territory that they're really alienating the market from that perspective. But now they seem to be committing to a pretty high quality guitar, which is definitely going to be raising the price point. So, you know, new product, not cheap. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, like, you know, let's just take a shot. Kobe. (laughs) it just doesn't hit anything it just falls like (laughs) from half court got it and then it just misses the backboard misses the rim and they're like well we tried well and then they say let's start an indiegogo to to launch this brand on top of everything else (laughs) so we kind of already know this might be a tough one yeah maybe maybe that's a good way for them to you know get a feeler out there for the market Uh, it's actually not bad they're Indiegogo not even putting up front like, investment in it. They're, Indiegogo they're... has such a vaporware reputation in the guitar world, though. Yeah. And that's not just, like, the gear supply pedals. It's, like, everything in guitar. Someone cuts, oh, check out this go- game-changing, you know, whatever, and they, it's a barely functioning thing, and it doesn't really have any... It doesn't have the funding to really get it across the finish line, and they just flop so yeah i think the last or the one of those that i knew that was actually like talked about on reddit and uh i thought was really a cool idea and became successful is the barefoot buttons i saw it when it first came out people were like that's such a stupid idea da, 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 da. i don't i wear shoes when i play da, da, da. and everybody's like shitting on it i it was probably in, in our guitar pedals or something like that mm-hmm. and then um i saw it and i'm like i like that and then it became popular and i i have a ton of them yeah <laughs> Yeah. that's probably the one the only ones that i could think yeah. of i'm sure there are others but you know so there is sort of a natural comparison of um built does this like but they have a they have an amazing guitar reputation already and then they say we're going to throw a pedal we're going to throw a delay pedal in this thing or we're a chase was blooper you know and that mm-hmm. allows it to be like a one-off custom thing i just don't see a market for a semi-mass-produced thing where everyone wants a more multi-effects pedal in it. Yeah. Yeah, if they were doing a collaboration with another guitar brand, that would make more sense. Yeah. Can't see this working. Anyway, let's let's talk about something I do see working. Uh, Fender just launched the Jason Isbell custom Telecaster featuring a road-worn relic uh and custom pickups what do you guys think uh i've heard of that guy so that's first start i mean jason is kind of famous he's a dumble guy he's a uh-huh. he's a guitar head I, like a, a through guy through guitar head watched his premiere guitar and i had no idea who he was i'm like that's cool yeah. i like that <laughs> um a lot of guitar people and guitar you know icons or whatever i'm not super up on just because of music I listen to or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of cool. I've heard of that person. And then if he, it's a sharp looking guitar, I could play that and not even know who the person was. And I'd be happy. I love yeah. the road, the idea of the road worn series, you know, mm-hmm. cause I'm like, Oh, people are like, Oh, it's like fake relicking. I'm like, well, I, on my track record, me, I'm going to put more relicking into that thing. <laughs> So I mean, it's not going to look like that in two months. Yeah, I like breaking in a guitar. I do the, I roll the fretboard edges and you know some of that kind of stuff just to like make it comfy. So Road Warren is does do some of those steps that kind of help it mm-hmm. out. Um, it's worth mentioning. Uh, it is sorry, I had it and then I lost it. Tim Shaw custom pickups. So 
It's a uh, hotter version of the Twisted Telly neck pickup and replica of the bridge pickup from his 65 L-Series Telecaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a seven and a quarter inch radius. With That was what stood out to me. Rosewood like, fingerboard. Wh- where else are you going to get the that radius? Uh, Telecaster? Without going full, full custom. Telecasters have a lot of seven right. and quarters. Do they really? Yeah. I guess everyone that I've played has just been like super flat, but uh it's the American vintage ones or what what's yeah. the newest American Ventera? Ventera? Yeah. I I'm not gonna lie, I can't keep track of Fender's naming system anymore because they also had the uh was it Noventa series <laughs> that just came out, which is basically where we put P nineties. Oops, oops, all P nineties. Oops, all P nineties. Um Yeah. So Fender, it used to be so easy where it's like, well, there's Made in Mexico, and then there's the special editions. Okay. I and then there's the line. American Standard, and then there's American Deluxe. That was it. I'm, and then you I'm go to I'm glad that it's stuff. not so simple anymore. I like that there's more options. It's just hard to keep track of. Maybe it's just that I don't get Musicians Friends catalogs anymore and like just sit on the toilet reading it. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's be honest. That's That was what we did as teenagers is got like that well, or the sweet Fender's also less on your radar anyway. You got your PRSs, you got your, <clears throat> well, uh, some other things may be on the way and. Yeah, let's not talk about that. I mean, but I've got had... two Fenders still. I have three Fenders. Yeah, Four. well you have them, right? I, I have five But are you fenders. looking to buy I, any I'm new sorry. ones? I, I keep counting guitars that I, I are on loan to people. I own multiple Fenders. So... Yeah, but are you looking to buy any new ones? Eh, no. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like I I was always in the mark I, for a long time there because my my Strat and my Jazzmaster are both sunburst with a torque guard. I kept telling him, I tell myself, all right, I'll get a Tele with a, the same thing, and it will be like, you know, my fenders are all the same finishes, and I just I just never found a Tele I actually really liked, and then I got a, a Titan instead, and that's like the perfect Tele, so. Yeah, those are pretty pretty sick because they can be kind I'll of take. whatever you want, yeah. you know. Yeah, they can be anything I want. Uh, so anyway, the Jason Ellis Bell custom Telecaster comes in at fifteen hundred, which makes me wonder: is it made in Mexico? Probably. Yeah. Which so again, I, I keep liking Fender that they, they they're doing more. Af- I will call that a more affordable um, signature model versus like a two and a half thousand dollar signature model from Fender. Gets more yeah. people at grabbing them and yeah and if you're looking for something like that or you're a fan of that person it's easier to get and you know Mm -hmm. the i mean the road worn series stuff is awesome yeah it's i mean i don't own any but i mean like i look at it like oh that'd be cool to have but you know they were not not that popular when they came out but they they seem to like on the used market have done really well Mm -hmm. so um speaking of doing really well uh ernie ball Music Man has revealed a few more Joe Dart signature basses, uh, including full and short scale versions of his Stingray. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a pretty good movie, but if, I mean, I think if I'm going to go David Spade, I like uh, Tommy Boy better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe Dart. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the poo on you. Um... <laughs> I got the poo on me. <laughs> I always love that. 
I, I I made the meme and I lost it at some point where it's like, yeah, well, maybe one day UNICEF will get into the guitar pedal business. But until then, <laughs> where are the yeah. people to see? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was one of my it. favorite reactions whenever someone was complaining about anything yeah. about like reverb or whatever. In a or like group. pricing on anything. Yeah. <laughs> UNICEF gets in the guitar. <laughs> Damn. You got, you got to remake that one. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere deep, deep in 60 cycle hum from like a post four years ago go and find it <laughs> yeah um so i mean this this came out as a special model a few years ago or was it a year year two years ago i don't really know um single volume humbucker you know stingray style bass and now they're adding the short scale with no no knobs whatsoever yeah it's probably his probably the way he plays so it's like yeah might as well just take it out it's like uh the ernie ball music man stingrays and stuff like that have so many options as far as like the active eq and stuff like that but a lot of people just take that stuff out like uh mike herrera from mxpx he plays like famously a uh, stingray mm-hmm. and has for years but he bypasses everything and just goes direct out you know he does i think he has the volume knob still but like it has all the knobs on it because like I just bypass the whole thing and just go, you know, passive out. And so Ernie Ball's stuff, you kind of just feel like, all right, I'm going to need a couple of days with the manual before I have my head around this. There's a, always sort of like an extra level of like depth to them. I mean, they do more complex things with like preamps in, in the guitars is like a really common thing on a lot of the guitar models. They'll do mm-hmm. um, stainless steel frets, piezos. They're they're always a little extra, but I mean they kind of have to be to differentiate themselves from, say, a Fender. Yeah, and they usually are awesome in comparison. Like, a, oh yeah, like a Stingray has a certain sound that is really just, you know distinguished compared to like a P bass or a jazz bass, which are like the other two probably more common uh, basses. And people's like, what is it a P or is it a J or is it a PJ? I mean. PJs. Um, it's like more of like <laughs> it's a stingray has a voice of its own, and if they weren't so expensive, I would love to have one. Like I remember, uh, Kyle had one uh, back in the day, and it was just like even the entry, like the cheapest bare bones version of it. It was like a white with white pickguard mm-hmm. with just maple, and it was still probably like fifteen hundred bucks. You know, new and it's like, damn. And then I had a buddy who bought one on OfferUp recently. Like a, it's black with maple, you know, uh, neck and uh, black pick guard. He bought it like a and a Stingray, like a Music Man, not the uh, sub or what's the other one, Sterling. Uh, Sterling. He bought the Music Man one. He's like, dude, I bought it for like three hundred bucks. Dang. And he's like, I'm like, do you think it's hot? He's like, might be. <laughs> He's uh, like, most definitely. Yeah, he's like, it might be, dude, but 300 bucks, I got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, well, that's a come up for sure for him and probably somebody else's fucked remember, up. <laughs> remember last year when Oof. there were just riots like everywhere and looting everywhere? And mm-hmm. was it Oakland had a guitar center get raided? I believe so, yeah. There were a bunch of people just selling it straight on Facebook, like still in the locked guitar holder. And oh, like the tags all still on it in the ivory I didn't picture. See any, I didn't see any of those. 
<laughs> uh, those, uh, those made their way through guitar groups for a hot minute there uh dang there wasn't any, anything too crazy in san diego uh, as far as uh, you know any of that goes so we didn't see any like hot gear like that though <laughs> but oh man it's not hot gear dude that's a tone lock come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean it's, it's not a know, good deal very... unless you need an angle grinder to get access to it yeah <laughs> yeah and, and then you know, you always hear the horror stories. I'm sure, like locally, you guys know local musicians and stuff like that, where people are like, "Well, I'm just going to leave my guitar in my car." Oh shit! Okay. It got stolen. Somebody, Dude, everybody, look up for Corey like, Henry. Like, stop leaving guitars and stuff in your car. Somebody stole a full-on synth out of his car or something like that, like a year ago. Yeah, mm. don't Crazy. leave stuff in your back seat. Or don't like the somebody told me once and I still take it. I mean, for whatever you want of like, don't leave anything in your car that you wouldn't leave on the sidewalk. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, whatever. I'm like, if you, I have, I have like a big collection of uh, takeout napkins in my truck. If somebody stole those, I think I could. Does that make move, that I could, littering? I could, I could, I could move on if I if somebody busted in my truck and took those. I'm like, yes, <laughs> Carl's Jr. Come up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of like, you know, energy drink cans in the back seat. I'm like, yeah, have at those. Yeah, All man. right, come up five cents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you always hear those stories. I'm like, that's probably where people get like most of their stuff stolen. And a lot of people like, um, you hear DJs get their laptops stolen. So not only is it the price of the laptop, but now you can't work. And yeah. all your, you know, samples and beats and everything that you have stored on that thing, if you didn't back it up, you're screwed. That could be even more money, thousands of dollars, more than just the laptop itself. Yeah. But I mean, anyways, what we're talking about. I'm I'm glad I'm down to a guitar and a backpack for my rig, but makes it easy. Yeah, you can always just have too. it on you, and then well, and it, it can fit in my trunk too. Like mm -hmm. then, and since I have a sedan, you can't see it in my trunk. So unless someone Somebody really knows what's going on, have and, to take that risk. Yeah. Yeah, and. You know, I live in Chicago and drive a black Audi A4, so good luck telling which car is mine because there's a million of them. <laughs> True. <laughs> and everyone looks Although exactly at that the rate, same. you might be more likely to have your car, the whole thing stolen than what's inside of it. Yeah, but I have a stick, so they're not going to get very far. They're <laughs> just grinding gears. All you just like stuck at first. Oh. <laughs> oh, about once a year, there's an article of man man gets carjacked, thief can't get anywhere because it's a stick. And, and yeah. I feel so self righteous every time that that article does around. Um, or just he can't start it. Yeah, doesn't know how to put the clutch in to start the car. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, that's a good move. If I ever get carjacked, immediately kill the ignition so that they can't even start the car. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, let's keep looking here. PRS actually just announced that the Archon guitar amp is coming back as a 50 watt head and combo. Uh, have you guys ever played an Archon? No, I have not. No, they're fun. They're, uh, is it the high gain thing? Yeah, or is it it's, a... it's a high gain amp. It, it's okay. got some power. Um, the PRS super amps like plug-in thing had an Archon model in it and it was a load of fun to play on. Wait, is this a, they, they do more than one super high gain model, right? Maybe I have played one of these. Well, there used to be actually. the Archon 100. I don't know if they're still doing it or not, but these are coming in really like at so 50 watt. Uh, uh, I have. In. I played the 100 watt version. Yeah. So that's loud and a lot of power. So yeah. it's it's cool seeing all these like high gain amps come in lower power versions. Like you saw, kind of Victory is kind of the folks who seem to have pushed that 
like with yeah. their, like the Kraken and some of that kind of stuff of getting like much lower powered, smaller amps that are more affordable and usable, but still give you that crunch. Yeah, it's just they weren't as popular. Like I don't know, like say, God, no, twenty years ago, everybody's like, "Gotta get the hundred. Am I gonna get a you know uh, a Yeah, yeah, the hundred and fifty watts. I need yeah. that. Yeah, and it, now it's like, really, fifty watts is gonna be still more than you need for yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting seeing so many of these guys go to like one by twelves now. Like you can see. You can see the amp de- downsizing trend is finally finding its way to metal, uh, or mm-hmm. it's like they're like, shoot, we got to compete with modelers now and all these like easy at home solutions with like a lot of guys are using like load banks and stuff like that and and yeah. like, the two note systems and stuff like that. I don't think this has any speaker sim DI kind of stuff in it. It's just the head, um, or it's a or the one by twelve. Uh, combo, mm-hmm. but coming in at about twelve hundred to a thousand dollars, um, is it, it's interesting. Just simply put, because like PRS amps were a little too expensive when they first came out. Yeah, it's like they had like the um, flamed wood yeah. on it and stuff like that. These are more downplayed, but I'm sure they're the same thing. But at twelve hundred bucks, that's pretty affordable for what yeah, you're getting you're you're undercutting marshall at that point you're and orange yeah. and i mean that's like the, right and in, mesa yeah. yeah yeah that's right in line with fender really yeah i mean that's, when, not bad that's at like all. fender deluxe reverb territory and so then a it's fender... not a hot rod deluxe but it's like hot rod deluxe is sort of your benchmark of like affordable and that's amps. not going to do high gain like this would no no, yeah. No, I think they have a they have a hot rod deluxe competitor. I think it's called like the Sans Era or something like that. Yeah, but it. I it, think this it's is just the same. Super well. Yeah, and they they had the MT twenty five, uh, the Mark Tremonti model that came out for like it was like twenty five watts and like seven hundred and fifty bucks, and it was like a lunchbox. So mm-hmm. PRS is definitely finding. I think it's you know they're obviously building overseas to get that price point, but. It, it's cool to see PRS kind of try to lower their price point and still give really good offers in the amp world now. Yeah. Agreed. No I mean, more, more $6, people... $6,000 John Mayer amp, you know? Yeah, more people would respect just the name of that, yeah. you know? Um, Speaking of respecting the name, Behringer <laughs> just came out <laughs> with Studio M Controller, which <laughs> is a blatant ripoff of another thing called the Mackie Big Knob. So if... If the sixty dollar Mackie Big Knob was too expensive for you, here's a fifty dollar option. <laughs> I mean, isn't the Mackie stuff? I mean, it looks like there are always Behringer like options. Like as far as like headphone, like I have, I have a yeah. headphone amp from Mackie that it's like you put a TRS into it and you get four out the headphone splitter deal mm-hmm. that I we use for you know band practice or recording or whatever. And um, yeah, and I looked. I'm like, oh, there's a Behringer version. Uh, well, it's I'm, cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'm still gonna buy the Mackie one, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure they're both made in the same spot. I mean, dude, this is like the same casing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it looks. It uh, so looks nearly full, identical. Full disclosure: I have a Mackie pig knob. That's that's part of my set because I do the eight channel Motu interface. So this is just an easy way to volume up, volume down on my speakers. Um, okay. and just hit a mute when like I gotta take a phone call or something and I'm playing music it's easier than finding like 
the pause button in Spotify or whatever. Um, yeah. Do you have multiple monitors or just the HS8s? Uh, I have my HS8s and I can run to a second set of monitors, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, but I used to, I used to just leave an eighth inch plug on my, um, Ooh, actually I might use this with my, my new bioreactor from Sonic cake because it has a, a headphone out. Um, I might run the eighth inch to eighth inch into just the big knob to play them on speakers to see how that sounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about this $40. Little yeah, this thing is, it's going to change my life. <laughs> Game changer. Actually, I mean, shoot. This episode if I, brought to you by Mackie. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I travel a lot. So once I get my Squire strap back in this thing, I'll just take the neck off my Squire, fold it in half, throw it in my carry-on. Okay, <laughs> now nice. I have a guitar wherever I go. You know, easy. There you go. Um, anyway, yeah. Check that out if you want. And the last piece of news we got is iLock has announced a USB-C version. So if you don't hate your life enough already... If you, oh, as an iLock user, <laughs> now here's one in a new format. To break and now lose you can stick it in licenses. both ways. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm like I I had the older. Remember the old blue that looked like almost like a, it was supposed to be like a key. Yep. Like the clear, like Nintendo oh, yeah. 64 looking clear thing. We can see. Like, I could see the insides. I know the tech. Uh, I had two of those. Uh, cause I ended up buying like different software that included it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> good. I have these. And then I was able to move all those things to like the newer iLock, which is still the USB a, I think it is. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Wait, do you the, have the black plastic one or do you have this metal no, one? I, I, I got, I got the metal one that looks like oh, that. Oh, you skipped the, the black plastic one. Yeah. Good cause I you. was, uh, using the blue plastic ones for so long yeah. and then th- this comes out. I'm like, man, that's cool, I guess. But I just hate using an iLock for Pro Tools. <laughs> it's it only Pro Tools. And if you, I, yes, there's nothing else that I have that uses an iLock. And they cost and 60 so, bucks too, which is just ridiculous. For I, a USB I'm glad stick. this, yeah, I'm, I'm glad this thing is metal, so it's not going to get broken or whatever as easily as yeah, the plastic can leave one. Yeah, leave it on your keys and it'll be fine, but. And I still managed to forget the thing. If I'm record like recording like drums remotely, I'm like, oh cool, we're all here. Oh shit! <laughs> so that's why I put it. I as small as it is and as compact as it is, I put a giant lanyard and a bunch of keys chains on it, yeah. so that I don't forget it. Yeah. So something as small and convenient as it is supposed to be, I don't want it to be easily forgettable. <sighs> I'm I hate I'm, I'm one of the nerds who does the subscription to iLock or uh, I uh, Pro Tools, so I have the iLock in the cloud. Yeah. So as long as I'm near an internet connection, I still get my iLock open. I don't. I don't actually have to carry one. But yeah. And I, I did that after. So I had the iLock two, which I still have. Um, as you can see, it's taped together to keep the USB thing <laughs> there. But the back when they used to fail, and you had to stick them in the freezer for half an hour to get them to work again. What? Because <laughs> like all I've your never... licenses are on there and they're never coming back. And so you're like, well, I got to save this. So like you stick it in the freezer and then you pl- plug into your computer real quick and try to get as many licenses off of it as fast as, as you can. And that stops oh working God. and then you have to stick it back in the freezer and go again. It was the worst. Yeah. The only, I, I, the only thing I have on there is Pro Tools and everything else is like, I guess like on my computer or like I have to have, I have the UAD. And I have to have that plugged into the computer or I can't use their plugins or whatever. But like Waves is easy. 
like IK multimedia is easy. You know, tune track is e- like it's all easy. Yep. <laughs> like, I I paid you money. Make th- make this work, would you? Well, waves. Pro, pro- waves does the whole after a year. Yeah, we're not supporting you anymore. <laughs> so you that oh too. dang, I haven't I haven't come across that yet. Luckily with wave stuff, I'm like finding like oh man, relatively this is so much cheaper than you audio. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> and people like. Well, it's not the waves. Good. That's only an issue if you're trying to update it. Yeah. Right. It, if it works or out of the an, box, just yeah. don't update it, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Just yeah. never. You can update actually own it, and then it's a... yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's or you get... can just use logic, like I do. And... Boo! <laughs> get <laughs> a real so... god noob. <laughs> it sounds like such a good idea. I went in there, and I, I was just frustrated. I'm like, no. I don't want to learn. I, <laughs> I I'm stuck. I am stuck in my ways. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into I this get topic. It. Let's and try to get out of here. Um, the last piece of news, and this is going to be our topic, is Apple has announced today. This is Monday. We're recording um, that all their subscribers will now get a, a bump to a higher quality lossless stream and beyond, and embracing Dolby Atmos. And at the same time, uh, you have. Amazon announcing that they're now doing high high quality streams and uh, what's their name? Uh, Spotify also had something announced that they're coming out with a new hi-fi streaming. So we're almost back, guys. We're almost back to CD quality. We're almost yes. there. <laughs> hey. Um, uh. No, and actually, the new iTunes uh, is announcing, you know, 48 kilohertz, 100 blah, 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 24-bit streaming uh you know the, the the beyond cd quality streaming and whatnot yeah cd is what 44 16 right yep okay which your spotify does not re- has not reached ever title is the only one that did it i actually deezer did too i think but no one used it um and no one used title either except for me um <laughs> so <laughs> um i guess the question comes here is is this good? <laughs> I, I legitimately am wondering this. Like, Bluetooth can't handle this. Bluetooth, anything beyond or older than Bluetooth 5.0 can't handle these quality streams. So, like, everyone's Bluetooth headphones are obsolete or can't handle this upgrade or you just won't benefit from it. Half of Apple's Bluetooth stuff doesn't support this yet. So, mm. are, are we about to enter a quote-unquote hi-fi era or is this just, like, another dumb marketing stream? I don't think that it's dumb at all. I, I mean, I was actually talking with my roommate about this, uh, uh, you know, thinking about maybe purchasing title um, subscriptions. But here's the thing is, yes, it, it it's not worth my money if the only time that I'm listening to music is on the go with my Bluetooth headphones. And I do do that, and there's a place for that, and I love doing that. But where this can come into play is when you've got, like, a setup like I do, an AV setup at home, with i mean i've got sonos i've got a computer hooked up to my av thing you know all this kind of stuff that can actually support outputting higher quality audio if i'm listening through those devices at home that i can sign into apple music or spotify or any of these other services and stream from there into this higher quality setup it makes total sense so you know for somebody like you scott who's got your home you know setup if you've got an ability to sign into title which you do um you know, that same ability, if you if were not yet a title user, mm-hmm. um, I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. Um, 
for Apple specifically, I think that it is definitely going to signify, you know, a shift in some of their products coming forward. Well, they're already making five hundred dollar um, headphones. Yep, which support Dolby Atmos, so that makes sense, right? If uh, if they're going to be trying to sell a five hundred and fifty dollar headphone that can support all these fancy features that only a few apps are using, uh, it makes sense for them to, you know, up their music game so that people can get more use out of this ex- absurdly expensive, you know, headset. But uh, I feel like that. But no, I mean for everybody else, I think it's I think it's a good move, right? Not everybody has to use it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's kind of, of more of a like a hob, a hob like getting listening to music at that quality and looking for that is definitely more of a hob like somebody has to be like an interest in that and a hobby mm-hmm. like people who are just listening to music and I will say that like I'm a musician and I have a podcast about music I don't know what the hell lossless audio is <laughs> I can't tell the difference. I'm telling you, I'm listening to music on my AirPods because, like, I hate having cables. Like, I like I can't tell it like what's really good. Like, uh, to me, I, I listen to when I listen to like my monitors that I have, which are HS fives, which are small. To me, I'm like, this is like a movie theater. I feel like the Dolby guy, where I'm being blown away by so much bass. Like, I, I, I that's not the market for it. And I'm a musician. And to me, I'm like, I guess that's cool for the people that like it. Well, Which, I mean, there's... you know, Ian, you're the person that likes it. And I'm like, you're stoked. That's a good point. And that's a good point. Which yeah. is like, you know, don't yuck anybody's yum there. To me, I'm like, that's not for me. So it's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. As someone mm. who dips their toe in the audiophile world, because like, I, I can hear a difference between Spotify and like lossless audio. Um, and there's certain telltale things that you can learn to hear and, you know, you, you you can start doing the A-B stuff and actually detecting. The average person can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the average person doesn't hear half of what most musicians even hear in music, you know? So it's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I would say you, you, hear the, you hear the phrase of like a peasant's tongue to be like, I'm stoked on having Chipotle. It's like, don't yuck my yum. <laughs> Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where I think I have peasant's ear where I'm like, all the like the goodness and the juiciness of like the lossless and hi-fi yeah. stuff. I'm like, I, it's like, it's lost on me because I'm like, I'm listening to like, I don't know, K-pop or whatever, or like, you know, comedy <laughs> podcasts. I'm like, yeah, I really want that to be great. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to benefit from it? And I'm like, oh man, I want to hear these like offensive jokes. Yes. <laughs> I I think honestly, it would, of course, that's a great point that you, you're still sort of singling out a, a portion of the market. But um, the nice thing about this being offered from well-established, um, you know, streaming platforms, as opposed to like, <laughs> it's just nice. Like it, not for somebody titled, who is into it. Like- the, yeah. they were, there was already Spotify, there was already Apple Music, there was already Amazon streaming, and the title showed up saying, hey, we're better, but we're going to cost twice as much. Well, mm-hmm. and, and the cost is, is one thing, of course, but the inconvenience of, hey, I've already got my playlists, mm-hmm. how I like them on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, and I get to share with friends and all this kind of stuff. It's like we were talking earlier about your lifestyle shift. You got to get a tattoo to play this amp. Like this is like if I want to step up. I love the, the callback for sure. If I want to step up and listen to music, at, you know, at higher quality, it's a complete lifestyle shift. What am I going to do? Migrate my playlist somehow? I don't know. I don't well, know. Yeah, how it works. It, it, there, it, there it, are apps for that, but yes. 
There, there. Was still, uh, it's more to look into. This is nice for me, who's I'm, I'm getting into it, and I can't appreciate a difference. But I am very steeped into Spotify, so much so that I'm surrounded by Apple products, and I can't get myself to do Apple, Apple music because they relate to the game. Mm-hmm. Spotify had them beat, and yeah. I'm settled in where I am, and so it's for me, it's, it's really exciting to have this. Yeah, um, and it's something know, that might, uh, you know change your tune that you're like i'm a spotify guy but i might go to this so that's i'm sure that's what apple is trying to do it's like not we're not going to lose the market of the people that we already have Mm -hmm. we're going to gain more people so it might be you if like i have a premium setup and i'm building and that's like a passion of yours as well to have your your setup at home and to listen to music and like make it an event Mm -hmm. that's they're going to cater to you Whereas like before the, you know, a barrier to entry to go to like uh, the other streaming services was like, well, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Whereas like Apple, you respect, you know, you were an Apple guy. I like that. I already know. You won me already. So right. all you have to do is like, yeah, change that one thing. I'm like, all right, I'm an Apple music guy now. So yeah. you, you know what kind of grinds my gears here is... Grinds <laughs> uh, my gears. Lindsay Lohan dancing around on her little stage with her little outfits. I'm just here with my beer. What do you want? What do you want from me? I don't have a problem with that, yeah. Scott. All right. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, Apple's had high fidelity masters of all this music for dec- for a decade at least already. Oh, yeah. They yeah. had the ability just to turn this on. They just didn't want to pay for the bandwidth. Well, okay. Even before bandwidth, uh, file size. Yeah. And local storage. Yeah. Who's Who's got the hard drive space for that back in 2002? Nobody. Hard drives have not gotten bigger in the last like ten years. They've gotten cheaper, not really, <laughs> not that, that, not as much as you think. But like maybe not. New computers but, yeah, had I mean, two fifty gigs like eight the years hard ago. Thing, though, and, about like, that's listening the standard to in, size now. I think probably when most of their users are streaming. Yeah, like spot. It makes a total sense for Spotify, right? People are people are streaming Spotify. That's entirely based on an internet connection thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're streaming on, uh, you know on the go which again it doesn't make sense because if you're on the go these days let's be real you're listening over bluetooth so it's not you're not going to notice the difference but i mean apple's got some pretty good decks well, if, you, if you've got uh on the their newer, on the newer bluetooth so the bluetooth 5.0 can do lossless streaming so if you've got bluetooth 5.0 yeah. headphones and an up-to-date iphone like my iphone 8 i think can handle it can handle 5.0 so it's not a new tech at all yeah. like lossless audio has been a thing on iphones since title came out but like you know there was a day where if you were trying to stream at this rate you'd need unlimited data or you're you screwed still, that that's the thing you still kind of do and like yeah. i would get t-mobile would throttle me when i was doing lossless <laughs> audio streaming to the crappy bluetooth thing in my car where about the wheel bearings going out and so like it, it's so loud in my car already it doesn't matter how high fidelity it is but yeah um <laughs> yeah but it's lossless so i'm superior to you guys so you wouldn't even <laughs> well, know it, you can't even hear the difference so whatever it, yeah it's just another thing for people who are i don't know that's their passion or that's a hobby of theirs it's like it's like the difference like of like craft beer drinkers as opposed to somebody who's just gonna drink like you know, miller light or whatever yeah it's like there is a difference but i'm like we're still like trying to get drunk here yeah <laughs> and at the end of the day it's like this i'm like we're still gonna try and listen but to the, the funny thing though is it's like i think like with a lot of these cultures it's like you you either have to be it like coffee is like this right oh you either yeah. have to be a coffee snob 
where you're not allowed to touch Starbucks or whatever, or or you're just some dude that's not that into it. You have to do the Chemex thing. You got to grind your own beans. And I'm I like, hate I'm, that. I'm, like, I'm, guy, I'm trying to get into that. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm dude, like, I'm like, I feel so judged great, right but now. But at the same time, at the same time, I love grabbing a Dunkin' when I'm on the go. <laughs> I like just cold getting... cold brew. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I, I just get cold, you know? yeah, cold brew stock coffee. You're well, still it's the same with beer. It's like, listen, I really like a good craft beer on the weekends. Am I going to pay to drink that every night? No. I'm drinking Bud Light during the week if I'm having a drink. Getting Trulies, baby. <laughs> let's let's be you know real here. I, but, I don't have that kind of a wallet, and I don't mind drinking Bud Light. I think it's like it's like a passion for anybody, like for what whatever type of. I don't know, like culture there is, you can really get into yeah. it if you want to. And this is for the people that really want to get into that. Same thing with yep. the, the coffee thing. It's like you can have just your, your cheap coffee or like I just bought it from like a grocery store and I'm just going to pour that in. That's yeah. my coffee to, for today. Or they're the people who like like and romanticize the idea of creating, like this is my coffee creating time. And mm -hmm. it's like therapeutic. It's something that they're proud of, whatever. And it brings them joy. And I'm like, that, that, that could be somebody who's with their audio listening that brings them joy i'm like i'm all about it mm -hmm. i mean i'm about it's to not affect me I've, I've got a steak and a sous vide right machine right now and i'm going to spend a bunch of time fancy cooking that and that's my like <laughs> self-care time of the day uh -huh. you know yeah, so meanwhile like, we both went to wendy's not too long ago so like together <laughs> so yeah yeah that's what's nice about this though is that you can be both yeah yeah, yeah. you, you can play you can both dip sides your of the toe fence in there. without changing your whole life around you don't yeah. have to have like you know, an all gas, super expensive, you know, multi burner stove or whatever to cook your, <clears throat> you know, in your nice pots and pans or what. It, like, dude, just you can have a healthy level of respect for either one, but not <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, not be like, oh, this is cool, but uh, you know, I can understand the other side of it. And it's I, approachable. It, it makes it approachable. So this as well. this brings up the interesting question. So they're rolling this out, no cost extra for every user. Versus, you know, historically, you could get title at the same streaming quality as iTunes for ten bucks a month or whatever. Spotify is Spotify still ten bucks a month too, or have they raised their prices yet? Oh, I, I think don't it's. Even, I don't remember. It I think it's seven ninety. I thought it was seven ninety. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Um, I don't know Hulu. what I pay every month. <laughs> or you can get seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine with Hulu. That's I think ideal. Oh, that's not bad. I don't watch Hulu though. <laughs> But I'm like, oh, just, I, I should, I should watch, pay the two dollars. Watch Letterkenny <laughs> once in a while and just call it a day. Yeah. Um, okay. Or watch it religiously, yeah. uh, and <laughs> and and then come talk about it with Scott and I. Yeah. <laughs> but, we'll uh, start a Letterkenny podcast. Oh, we should. Dude. <laughs> but, <laughs> a spinoff. Uh, yeah. Um, Verda. Uh, <laughs> no, so. They're adding this for no extra cost. And I just kind of wonder, like, it's been a long debate for a long time about streaming services don't pay out enough. And now, you know, realistically, they're going to be upping their operating costs by more bandwidth and all this kind of stuff. Shouldn't this have raised been the opportunity to actually raise streaming prices? And I know as, as consumers <laughs> of this, we're like, heck no, don't, don't raise my rates. But at the same time, there is that whole, like, streaming pays nil yeah and mm -hmm. there needs to there still is a need for like proper paying for artists work or at some point like this economic model that they're currently in where basically the only way you can make money is selling merch yeah and break or even like, touring yeah or live ticket sales and yeah. merch i yeah i mean a lot of predominantly a lot 
a lot of people just stream, like to sell physical mm-hmm. music, like a CD or a vinyl. It has to be something special that people want to get. And so most people don't want it because even me, I'm a musician and I would love to sell records, but I'm like, even me, I'm like, I'd rather just Spotify it. <laughs> so like when I go to shows, I'll buy like one or two shirts and I'm supporting that way. Or I'll buy like a single that they have, which, which is like cool artwork on a vinyl that I don't listen to. Cause I had a record player that I gave away <laughs> the, the idea of listening to, um, albums like on like, uh, you know, vinyl. I'm, I'm just like, nah, nah, it doesn't do it for me. Cause like I said, I'm like, yeah, that sounds just fine my, through my AirPods. That's cool. And sometimes I'll do the thing where I'm at work and I have just one AirPod in. So like, that's even worse. <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it, I like that. They can just, you know, put both sides of the right and left under one ear. That's cool. But you know, it's, it does suck. And I think this is kind of the way to go. It's like with the way media and a lot of things are changing to the subscription streaming models mm-hmm. too. I mean, I mean, we saw a big this past year with movies, they went straight to stream. And I'm like, I have no idea how that worked out. As like, how do they? <laughs> well, like, we all measure... actually saw Mortal Kombat instead of all of us ignoring it. So there's that. Well, and then one oh, of I the didn't see it. I had zero interest. One of the biggest, like, you know, I mean, I'm a an anime fan, but one of the biggest like movies of like, you know, this year has been Demon Slayer, and it's had like a like a theatrical release. I'm like, the fact that I'm like, is it because like nobody's going to movies that that became one of the biggest movies this year? And it's, you know, not going to win any awards because it's a Japanese movie. But it's like, well, I mean, it, it like everything's changing and kind of we don't know how to process it as we go along. And so maybe they're using that excuse of like, well, everybody's streaming nowadays. Well, you know, we've been doing it this way and not paying artists. Let's just continue not to pay them. Mm-hmm. And so artists have to change as they go along. I'm like, we know that our music isn't going to get us money. So I think a lot of people are trying to think of like, how can you create music cheaper than ever before? Cause you don't need a studio anymore. You can just do it from your home. There are a lot of, you know, artists that are just trying to like lower costs that way, which is good or bad, but it's also like, you know, maybe more creativity and, um, for the artists themselves. So I don't know, things do suck in the, in that regard to like how much money you make, but I'm like, okay, now they have to get creative how they market their music, how they market themselves, how they play shows, blah, blah, blah. And I would think of like, uh, you know, a big YouTube guy, which he really used his growth or his channel growth to promote his band was Fluff, that Rips mm-hmm. Beards and Gear guy. Like his, you know, uh, he had a band with a couple, another YouTuber or whatever, uh, Jared Dines, and then that fizzled out, but he had enough momentum that he changed that to be his new band, uh, Dragged Under. And I'm like, they're able to like sell you know, get a lot of streams, but I don't think he's making money doing that, but he's able to now get on bigger, you know, tours opening up for bands because he's like, well, we have a lot of streams from his like YouTube channel, probably from also like they're, it's good to give you good rock, hard rock or what, if you like that type of stuff, but he's, you know, kind of like playing the game differently now. So it's, I think it changes things for artists, which sucks that you're like, why can't I just get money for my music? <laughs> But I think the whole conversation has changed in so many ways about like what is music, how is it consumed, who's consuming it, when mm-hmm. is it being consumed, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And then, and then, yeah, the, like how you make money as an artist. That's been a, a changing conversation, not just from streaming. I mean, that conversation started 
from Apple when you could buy an individual song for a dollar ninety nine, and then you own it, mm-hmm. right? That's one time, you know. And but uh, YouTube has obviously made a big impact there too. Um, I think one interesting question that that or one angle to sort of come at this would be like, do you think that these platforms offering higher quality, you know, streaming is that going to cut into actual vinyl sales? Um, oh. Speaking for myself, part of the reason that I like buying vinyl from new artists, it's different if I'm buying something like an album that came out in the '80s or something, or or prior old classical music or whatever. Um, but if I'm buying vinyl from an artist now, generally it's because I want to support them. You know, I, yeah. I I don't believe that just because I've got something on vinyl, like dude, I listen to John Mayer on repeat all day every day. Uh, I'm not gonna stop that just because I've got continuing my vinyl now. I'm still gonna be listening to Spotify and all that stuff. That's not the only way that I want to listen to that record. When I want to sit down and be intentional about listening to that record, that might be a good way to do it. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, new albums coming out, I'm still gonna buy because I want to support the artist. So that doesn't affect me. But I I could definitely see a standpoint of like you know well. If, if, if all you wanted to do was just listen to that album at super high quality and you don't care as much about, you know, putting, like, support, you know, supporting the artist, then I could see that maybe cutting into sales. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, uh, in, I mean, I, I maybe I'm speaking from the same way, so it's an echo chamber, but I'm, that's, if I buy a vinyl, that's like a, a record, that's why. It's because I want to support it and I want to have yeah. the phys- physical thing. So I, I would say a lot, a lot of people are like that. So maybe that's not going to, dip too much into it who knows but you know i'm curious um yeah but yeah i mean to speak to uh the the sidebar conversation here like the you know i mean artists really have to be entrepreneurs these days Mm -hmm. um if you want to make a career out of music it's got to be more than just like i write music and i play shows it's like i do other things and i'm unless you're lucky you're now watching like That's, the modern yeah. artists, at least in in the guitar world. It's the Corey Wongs, the the Periphery guys, the Chris uh, Buck, Chris Buck. You got uh, Ariel Posen. All these people do multifaceted media approaches, which just seems so exhausting. Yeah, the amount of work that like like you, you see Corey Wong talk about his schedule. Like the dude is hustling all the time. He doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't really get to rest the same way you know it used to kind of be and so i don't know it i i genuinely worry about you know the lack of money and the, the amount people have to hustle and all these kind of things in the what, economic what? I, I accept that this is the way it is and like to succeed you have to outdo other people but you know it doesn't seem as sustainable well, let's as talk life. about <laughs> i don't know that there's a way around it anyway um if, like the the genres exploded in the 2000s mm-hmm. well beyond whatever some radio station is going to be playing mm-hmm. the way that people find their music now there's no there's no station that plays half the stuff that i listen to and that sort of is just how it is yeah for a lot of listeners now and so to some degree you're always going to have to market your band somehow or how is anybody going to find it regardless yeah, you, of whether it's streaming or whatever like you still have to 
because well, now it's now it's re- literally like now what's difficult is there's no control. label is selling you yeah. but there are pros to not being associated with a label as well yeah because you're not in debt to that label you're not you know your your cost and you can of... you can you can put up on spotify whatever you want to put up doesn't matter if it's going to be a chart topper or not just just mm-hmm. put it up yeah you know and then yeah like you said like music that you listen to is not going to be on the radio. You're not going to find it on terrestrial, local radio. Yeah. Whatever's next to you. And so, I mean, that's kind of a good thing because it makes it more special for you. And maybe people are more passionate fans. Like, yeah. um, you know, I know in San Diego, I'm not sure if there's a whole lot of John Mayer being played, but he's one of the biggest guitar <laughs> players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in San Diego, I don't think, I'm, I'm sure I could find him on a station, but I'm not even a radio person that I listen to radio. Um, but he's also one of the last ones to to squeeze through in the old era, of you know. I mean, he's he's still a pop star, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's I mean, to, yeah. To your point, it's like it. You're not going to find that, even though he's like really a well known name in guitar. But I'm like in the world. No, he still is. He's a he's a he's a he's a star for sure. But it's like yeah. so. Maybe that's a bad example, but anyway, we're, we're rambling. Like, <laughs> I feel like we could keep talking, and Scott's just like, "This is going to be a four-hour-long episode." <laughs> Dude, how, how we I might just cut this in half, and now I got two episodes recorded. It's great. I got yeah. next week off. There you go. Yeah, Actually, <laughs> part shoot. one, part two. Yeah, well, I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking a long weekend next weekend, so yeah, we'll see if I there is an episode next week. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm game to keep talking. Then let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, my steak or, is done cooking. I gotta, I gotta eat dinner. Uh, all right, bring, bring us in for a landing, Scott. Well, all right, sous vide. So with that, uh, first off, Ian, Brian, thanks for joining us. Um, quick shout outs, Ian. Anything you want to promote? Your YouTube channel. Uh, dude, I got nothing, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, am I allowed to pr- promote Chase Bank? <laughs> no, they just fired me anyway. <laughs> promote a bank. <laughs> if you're thinking about changing if you have this, a credit union no <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the cha- uh the the chase bank sapphire card uh now with the sapphire yeah. reserve yeah five hundred dollar mm-hmm. a year fee but you get lounge access and a four hundred dollar travel credit yeah Sorry, enough people have given me that <laughs> yeah. pitch to upgrade my credit card that i i still haven't done it um mm-hmm. yeah. uh no uh come back to me i, I feel like i got nothing but <laughs> yeah give me a second <laughs> Brian, where can folks find you if they enjoy these long ramblings? Oh, yeah. Well, we got more of them over at the Tone Jerks podcast. So whatever you're listening to this podcast on, check us out. Uh, Scott's been on. We need to get you back on uh, for for the main episode there. He's, uh, join me for a bonus episode over there. We do um, weekly episodes. Uh, let's see. we got a YouTube channel. So I'm trying to do like the demos and stuff like that over there. I'm trying to figure find my voice over there, learn my camera stuff on that channel instagram facebook we got a group as well so listen to the podcast if you do like what you hear and then uh yeah so thank you scott for having me by the way i don't think i said that i just we kind of just finally right off the gate right off the gate thank you i've been waiting the whole time for it thank you kids you yeah no, no a lot respect of uh no 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 respect oh geez <laughs> 
I'm like, rough what, one, I tell one you? year older than you. Yeah. Kids uh, <laughs> these days. Uh, <laughs> these youngsters, they don't know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thank, thank you, listeners, for sticking it out this long to hear this plug. But uh, you can check us out at theeffectsloop.com. That has literally everything we do our Facebook group, our Instagram, our YouTube. You can email us from there. You can find our Patreon. And you should be able to find our, our Stringjoy affiliate link. And if it's not there, go onto our Facebook group and just harass Chris Carter until it happens. Because <laughs> um, that's what he does. And I don't have access to the website. So, um, yeah, with that, thanks all for joining us. We'll see you next week. I hope there's an episode next week. There's an episode next week. I'll just give Diaz a list and he'll just read it. So, there you go. We'll see you then. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye-bye. So keep your racism to yourself. And <laughs> what? I thought that's what I was here for. <laughs> yeah, you Californians. <laughs> uh, ironic racism. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's dumb. Racism <laughs> is known by the state of California to cause cancer. You ban me right away. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the goal: is to knock off, to get you canceled on our show. So oh that, yeah, yeah, you know. Because you kind know, of all, all this shit I've said on ours. <laughs> yeah. It's not like our shows share the exact same listenership and it doesn't matter that we both exist. It needs to be yeah, a competition. It's, it's like, wow, Brian is way more racist on Scott's podcast. <laughs> 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 you just bleep it out. It's like, beep, beep, beep. And another thing. <laughs> oh, it's like the, uh, is it Jimmy Kimmel does the exercises and unnecessary censorship mm-hmm. where they just, oh. One of my favorite bits. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start this. Every heart is one love again. So, so